Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. Our Heavenly Father and our God, without any reservation, we come to declare that you are Lord. And that you are God alone. And Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. O our God and everlasting Father, behold your children, those right here and those online. Almighty God, they are all waiting to hear from you and not from man. Come and glorify your name. Let your name be exalted in this place. We are thankful to you for what you are doing in our life. Oh, wonderful and everlasting God, I pray for that spirit that every day of our life will only focus on doing things that are pleasing to you, always. Take all glory and have your way in this place. Bless your children, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Let's get started. Let me say one more time, I want to welcome everyone here. And those are friends and relations online. I just want to thank God for you. You've been writing. We appreciate that. I thank God that the realization is there now that what we are hearing is not from man. And that no man should ever take that glory or ever feel that he's doing anything. God alone is the one doing it. And he's doing it to his own exclusive glory. And as far as this ministry is concerned, or all of us here, as I believe, until the end, you alone will reign and be glorified. We have always prayed that no matter wherever we go or wherever you have sent us, that no man will see any human being. There is no man that can save another. There is only one that came from the Father, Jesus Christ. And he told us there is no other way. There is no other way. There is no other truth. And there is no other life than that which is Christ. And no man comes to him except through Christ. And there's no other name given unto men or women whereby anybody can be saved but that Jesus Christ. So whoever actually projects himself or elevates himself as if he's Lord or to be worshipped, that individual is possessed by the devil. Because when any human being is looked upon as God, then the person is finished. There is nothing left anymore in that individual. Amen? So we thank God for that. And we give him glory for giving us that understanding. Again, I welcome you. And last week, was so the reaction were coming left and right concerning the virtue of divine humility versus false and artificial humility. And I thank God for that. It's wonderful. Sometimes we just have to open our hearts and hear what God is saying. So by way of summary, I'll give you a little summary of that before we go back into our ultimate prize. It's all linked together. You will see exactly what God has been teaching us. If you recall what the Lord taught us last week, we are talking about divine humility. And that was just coming back from Kenya with humility, with meekness and lowliness, saying, Lord, have your way. And we said at that point that divine humility is actually what? We say it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Until one gets that, he cannot serve God. Until one gets that, he can never ever see the kingdom of God. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And actually we define, can anybody tell me how we define divine humility? It was spiritual definition. I don't know. I don't, I don't look at a dictionary. Uh-huh. 
that is in conformity with a broken and contrite heart. In other words, what, what, what was that saying all about? Thank you very much. That's wonderful. No, in other, in other words, divine humility is where? Where? In the heart. Not appearance. You see, because divine humility in the heart. Let your heart be so broken, so humble, that people may see it outside. Listen to me. That's exactly what the word of God said in Matthew 5, 16, right? Matthew 5, 16. Yes. Let your light so shine before men mm -hmm. that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in you heaven. You see, they may see your good works, not your good mouth and good appearance on how you dress. It doesn't make a difference to anyone. When you are good inside, most of us will always seek to be good, to look good, sorry. We always seek to look good. T can you tell me any one of what that have not tried it? Always seeking what? To look good. Always seeking the approval of men and women. Always. In fact, some of us, before even we leave the house, we visit the mirror one million times. <laughs> can you tell me you are look that mirror? You're not looking at that mirror to look, see yourself. You're looking at that mirror and thinking about what people will what. See, see, let me tell you one thing. Human beings are just absolutely nothing. So you, what I'm saying in essence is that don't try to look good. Try, just be good. Let the one who sees in darkness, let him see that you are the one. Then he will elevate you. And that goodness will come out where people will see it. That's the one that's acceptable to God. And that's why I say that in the Pharisees, you're always looking at, let me please look, 1615. Luke 1615. Yes. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men. Is that not typical of our people? Please don't, I mean, am, am I the only one? This is typical of my people. You know why? Let me tell you one thing. I had a friend when I was in the ward who owned a is a car dealer. And he had all these wonderful cars. And one day he was telling me, he said, Mecca, I said, what? He said, what is wrong with your people? I said, what do you mean, what's wrong with my people? Because I don't like to hear that. Because when you're talking about my people, you're talking about, okay? What's wrong with your people? I said, what is wrong with them? He said, you know one thing, what is the purpose of a car? I said, it's to take you from one point to the other. He said, okay. But you see, your people, you see, I'm the car dealer. And this is what I have. It takes me everywhere I go. But when your people, when they come here, we all know your people are there because they want to see the outside shining. They want to the most expensive. They want to really please what? Somebody. Because every time we are competing, every time we are comparing. Do you know that? When you compete and compare, you are proud. You are. It's simple as that. Because you see, the spirit of God is not there. If the Spirit of God is not there, you're not competing for the things of this world. You're competing for the kingdom. That's where everything lies. Are we all together here? So last week we said that was like what? Read me Matthew, please. 1912. Matthew 1912. Yes. I'm giving this summary because of people who have really showed much interest. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's wombs. Yes. And there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. Mm -hmm. Just like we in Kenya, remember? We are talking about pastors who are made pastors of men. All they do there is that proclaim it, declare it. Oh, feel good. Get this money, 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 money. No, they are made of men. Because why? If you please man so that man can give you what you want, you are made of that man. Because you become a slave of the person. Go on, yes. And there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. So there are people who humble themselves because God gave them that humility. But even those that we think, do you know appearance can be so deceiving? There are people you see, every day you say, oh my goodness, this, this person has divine humility. But wait until the test comes. The person, the foot is stepped on, and suddenly, you will even swear that you have never met or known this person before. The person you think is so humble. That's why I say from inside, it must come from a broken heart. 
a contrite spirit that nobody can just stop. And then there are people, of course, you know, who make themselves what? They make themselves humble for the kingdom. Or this way. God has humbled them for the kingdom. That's why last week I was saying that I was not born humble. You heard me when I said that. Most of you probably, maybe you were, but I'm just saying I was not born humble. But thank God that he had now humbled this fool for his kingdom. All right? Who are those people? Those are those people who have been transformed. I'm talking about those now created in the image of God. They have the flesh completely crucified. Read me, please. You see, they have the flesh crucified forever and it's just going to be that way. Are you following me? Give me Galatians, please. Five. From 24 to 25. Galatians 5, 24 to 25. Yes. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh mm -hmm. with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the if spirit. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. If we say we are of Christ, then we must put these people that the kingdom of God has humbled them or they have humbled themselves for the kingdom of God. These are the people who have put on Christ. When we talk about born again, born of the spirit of God, a newness of body, these individuals do not possess the old one anymore. So what you are saying there is this. These people have crucified the flesh totally. It's no longer there with them. Are, are, are you with me? They put on Give me Galatians 3.27, please. Galatians 3.27. Yes. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ mm -hmm. have put on Christ. You have put on Christ. And putting on Christ means putting on what? Remember, remember, remember yes, last week? The mind. The mind of and the mind that was in Christ. It has to be the otherwise you have not put on Christ. Okay? You have not put on Christ. So these are people who transform. Now in the spirit of the image of God, created as God. Ephesians 4.24, please. Ephesians 4.24. Yes. And that you put on the new man, mm -hmm. which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. In true righteousness and holiness. That's the new man. The newness of any man. Read me Romans 6, 3 to 5, please. Or 3 to 6. Romans 5, 3 to 6. Yes. Five. Romans 6. Oh, so Romans 6, 3 to 6. Yes. Okay. Or do you not know that as many of you as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Mm -hmm. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Mm -hmm. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Yes. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, mm -hmm. that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of we sin. We should never, no longer be slaves of sin. In other words, we are crucified. When we die, we die and buried. The, the pride totally destroyed. Anyone who has a trace of pride in him is still yet to die. Anyone who has a trace of pride in him is still yet to die. So we're talking about this individual. Then we went ahead and talked about the one who is so proud, very naughty, stubborn, this individual had become unteachable. You cannot even teach him. He thinks he knows it all. The first one, you know, that first sense of humility, those are the Pharisees. Remember, we just talked about that. But this one is actually unteachable. But the question I'm going to ask is this, because this is just a summary we're giving. The question I'm going to ask is this, which one is worse? The first sense of humility or the the proud man is worse. Really? Hmm? Is that because I said really? <laughs> He's pretending. 
is God bless you. You see, but the Bible, read me Proverbs 16 5, please. <laughs> A good question has come, right? Yes. Proverbs 16 5. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. It's an abomination to the Lord. But do you realize that a proud person, perhaps, some proud people perhaps may not know what they're doing. Right? So that's why I asked you, which one is worse? Don't worry about this. We're looking at the spiritual realm of the whole thing, not just what you can read, just read. Remember we dealt with the barren tree? When we're talking about the pastors and bishops, I said, which one is worse? I asked them in India. A boring tree that does not bear any fruit at all. Or the one, the bad, bad tree. And everybody at that time, of course, said it was what? The barren tree. The barren tree should be killed. It's not supposed to. But God showed us that the barren tree can only be taken out. But if the barren tree changes, it can be drafted back in. But a bad tree will be cut down and put what? Where? The fire. So which one now is worse? The first security, I mean humility, or the proud person. Okay. But then what about this pastor Tass is looking at me and say, what is the what about if the proud person then moves to be stubbornness? Read for Samuel 15 30. 15 23, please. First Samuel 15 23. Yes. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, mm -hmm. and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have. Yeah, no, it's okay. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. But the Bible also told us that this person who is so stubborn, every day I keep telling him what to do, and he does not do it. Read me Proverbs 29 1. Proverbs 29 1. Yes. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. And that without remedy. So if the proud person then, what, shifts to the next level, where no matter whatever you tell him, he does not want to listen, he's finished. And he condemns himself. So a proud person is actually like who? Lucifer. <laughs> A proud person I'm talking about is like someone perpetually what? A fool. Where is the proverb? 27, 22. Okay. Proverbs 27, 22. Mm -hmm. Though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, mm -hmm. Yet, his the foolishness will, 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 will not depart from him. Believe me, where, where I was born, at least 90%, let me put it that way, fall in there. We are so proud. Come on, my people. Yes, I was born there and I go there all the time for mission. We are so proud. We think we are something. Even here in Houston, my goodness, see our people. Everyone thinks it's something. When is, you know, all of us, we are so proud that we are all chiefs. You know that? How can you be in a country, a place where everybody is a chief, nobody is a servant? You know that there's something wrong. And uh, let me tell you one thing. It's not even ordinary chief. Everyone, no, no, forget about a high chief. I don't care about that. Everyone is number one. This, 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 number one. Nobody is number two. Nobody wants to take... Say, look, let's humble ourselves and stop popping up, which is different from what we saw in Kenya, where everybody, I mean, you will see even the testimony when it's read, that no matter, none of them ever taught himself above God. But back, my people, we think we're above God. Is it not true? May God have mercy. So you have that. But then we also say that a true Christian one born of God must also have what? That we say the mind of Christ, right? And that mind is not the mind of fertility, not the mind of vanity. Most of us are still in vanity. Do you know one thing that really amazes me sometimes is that I see some of us even arguing vanity. 
even politics, argument, any argument for I'm talking about one born of God, one who wants to make heaven. Any dispute, any argument that does not have eternal value is not for you. You are wasting your time chattering, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's, that is for people what of the world. You are in the world, but you're not of the world. Give me 2 Timothy, please, too. 22 to 26 or whatever. 2 Timothy 2, 22 to 26. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. With those who call on the Lord out of the pure heart. In other words, don't waste your argument and dispute and trouble with people who will not. Yeah, do you know one thing? When you actually, you are together with one who truly loves God and fears God, the discussion about how to please him, that's all you hear. But where you have argument going back and forth, James would say that where there is what? Envy and what? Strife. That's what? Every evil. Every evil thing is there. So, but some of us still engage in those things. Sometimes you, you are... You, you argue with someone that is a waste of time doing that. The Spirit of God would have told you, don't waste your time. It doesn't really give you, doesn't profit you whatsoever. Yes, go on. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, mm -hmm. knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition because why? Why in humility? God bless you, Sister Goldman. Why humility? In humility. Didn't you hear God said, serve me with fear? And even when you what? You rejoice. You better do so with trembling because I am. God, you cannot mess around with. Go on, yes? If God perhaps will grant them repentance mm -hmm. so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So the mind of Christ is mindset on above. We said, you know what? The ultimate is the mindset on the ultimate price, not on the futility. Read me, please. Ah, yeah, yeah. Ephesians 4, 17. Ephesians 4.17. Yes. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Mm -hmm. Go on, 23. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Because of the blindness of their heart. If your heart is... Really, there's light now in your heart. You should not engage yourself in those things that are worthless, that can actually not benefit you in heaven. Whatever that has no eternal value, stay away from it. Remember when we did, did with uh, this, uh, the, the topic of gossip? Anything you are talking about, someone that has nothing to do with eternal thing is gossip. You are wasting your time. You are just trying to destroy somebody. Read me verse 23, please. Ephesians 4.23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Yes. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind like Jesus Christ. And that is the mind set so high above, above all this pettiness of the world. Read me Colossians 3, please. 1 to 10. Colossians 3, 1 to 10. 3, 1 to 10. Yes. If then you were raised with Christ, yes. seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Mm -hmm. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Mm -hmm. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, mm -hmm. uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Hold on one second, Sister Goma. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness. Can anybody tell me the central element, what actually, why we do what we do, evil? 
Self, right? Pride. Pride. You know, you know, when actually, especially, let me tell you one thing. At a certain point, most people, including myself, thought that we are in a world to conquer. I'm just trying to tell you, and, and that's why God has had mercy on me, because I conquer, conquer new territory, conquer this, this. But we did realize one thing, even like say for men, for men or women, there's no way you can ever get a new woman and a new man. It's not possible. There's nothing under the earth. You, I mean, nothing new. Are you following what I'm talking about? So it's just an humanistic pride going and committing whatever. And we, because the reason why we don't want to stop is because of our own self. Nothing more than that. Not because it's hard to do it. It's because we don't want to stop. Go on, please. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked mm -hmm. when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these mm -hmm. anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. And all those ones also pride. You tell me what else. Go on, yes? Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Yeah, why, why don't we lie? When we lie, let me tell you, when we lie, why do we lie? Remember when we dealt with lying tongue, right? When, why do we lie? Number one, self-preservation. <laughs> self tell me everything but on that which God calls abomination unto him. Self-preservation. We want to look good. Or we don't want to be punished. Everything we are doing is just for ourselves. Let's finish that. We'll keep on. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to according the image to. of him who created him. According to the image of him who created him. So the mind of Christ is a mind set on above. First Corinthians 2.16 tells us, you know one thing, we have the mind of Christ. That's what we should have now because we are transforming to him. But there is no way any mind can be set on high ultimate price without also the mind that was in Christ. There's no way. And we're not going to read all that now because it tells us the mind that was in Christ was what? Huh? Divine humility. And divine humility leads to what? <laughs> God bless you, Pastor Charlie. <laughs> now, let's, let's, let's turn around a little bit. The scripture says, that God gives grace to who? So Christ was divinely humble. How did Christ demonstrate the humility? Obedience. Are you following me? There's no way you can get close to that ultimate price without force being humbled. When you are humbled, you are broken. Contrast with God said, I will not despise this very, very, heart and spirit. I will pour my own spirit. I will come and give that person my own spirit. And that's giving the person grace. Grace then is what? Grace, grace is what? We said God gives humility that grace to the humble. To do what with it? To do what? To do what? Have we all forgotten? I know. Before you get to obedience, how can you obey? Okay, read tight to three. Read tight to three. Eleven to fourteen. Titus three, eleven to fourteen. Yes, yes, ma'am. Knowing that such a two. two, two. You guys confused there? Titus 2, 11 to 14. For yes. the grace of God that brings salvation mm -hmm. has appeared to all men. Doing teaching what? us mm -hmm. that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. How do you start denying ungodliness? We've done this before. Okay, stop there. Give me Romans 2, 4, please. What does grace do for us? You cannot get to any other level except you what? Remember, yes, two weeks ago, I mean a week ago, I said the most what? 
common this evidence that one is humble is what? And Pastor Charles gave us that. The first, the most acknowledgement. acknowledgement. What does acknowledgement lead to? God bless you. You see, that's, that's why Christ, John the Baptist, every prophet, everyone, the first thing they ever tell people is that repent. You better change. Otherwise, you're wasting all your time. That's why Romans 2, 4 says what? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, mm -hmm. forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Do you despise grace given to you, not knowing that that's a chance given to you to repent? But repentance is no repentance except it's what? You repent no more. Hallelujah. Are you following me? That's why I told the woman, read me John, please, 8, 11. John 8. John, John 8, 11. 8, 11. She said, no one, Lord. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Woman, you committed adultery. But I do not condemn you because maybe you did it in ignorance. But now that you know the truth, go and do what? And sin no more. Otherwise, you'll be doing it intentionally, knowingly, willingly, and with reckless disregard. That's what, exactly what you're doing right now. And that's why the scripture told us, you know one thing? True repentance means not to repent again. Read me first, Second Corinthians, please, 7.10. Second Corinthians seven ten. Yes. For godly sorrow walketh repentance to not to be repented. To yes. To salvation. Not and to be repented of. Read me Hebrews six one. Hebrews six one. Yes. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, mm -hmm. let us go on unto perfection, mm -hmm. not laying again the foundation, foundation of repentance of from repentance. dead works. If I have repented. And I turn around tomorrow. I go and confess again. Lord, I have sinned. I did not repent in the first instance. Repentance takes a vow. My God and my Father. Look, let me tell you one thing. If I hurt you, I've done something wrong against you. The only way I could prove that I'm sorry is that that which I did before, don't do that. if I repeat something I did before, I was not sorry. Are you, are you with me? So that's why he said that if anyone then ignores that, stay where you are. Hebrews 6, 3 to 5, please. Oh, six, seven. Hebrews 6, 3 to 5. Yes. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened mm -hmm. and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit yes. and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. So if I, if I continue the way I used to be before, I have never seen God, I have never known God, and I'm doing it intentionally and knowingly. I cannot say, Lord, you know one thing, I'm sorry, because I cannot avail myself of my own intentional act. Are, we, are, you, are, you, are you following me? I cannot do that. And God hates that. Because he's saying, I have already talked to you. I've warned you. That's exactly the reason why he got angry with Solomon. Solomon, I spoke to you twice. And yet, you went contrary to me. And this time, you can cry, Solomon. You can pray. I will never hear you. Because the time has passed. I'm going away with it. Are, you, are, are we all together here? So now... We are moving back to our, what, ultimate price. So repentance leads to what? My goodness, this is something that we dealt before. Transformation. Sister B is wonderful. <laughs> How do you, suddenly you, you, are, you repent. Boom, you are transformed. Obedience. Hey. There is no way you can reach obedience without force. Doing what? The things you used to do, you don't do them anymore. That's why what? The first step in repentance is what? The fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is to depart from any and all evil deeds. That's the first commandment of God. 
And that's the first requirement of God. He leads us to now obedience. But obedience leads to what? Read Romans 6.16, please. Romans 6.16. Yes. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, mm -hmm. whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? Obedience leading to righteousness. And then righteousness leads to what? Transformation leads to what? You are right. You are right, Pastor Charles. Righteousness leads to transformation. Transformation leads to what? <laughs> God bless you. God, God bless you. Read Proverbs, Proverbs 9, 10. Proverbs 9, 10. God bless you guys. Yes. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yes. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That is it now. You have come to the knowledge of the Holy One. That's why he said what? Righteousness leads to transformation. Transformation, if you stay on it to the end, if you stay on it to the end, then that's eternal life. And that's why I said, read me John 17, 3, please. John 17, 3. Yes. And this is eternal life. Yes. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life that they may know you. Knowing God is being one with God. When you are in him and he's in you, then you know him. Otherwise, you don't know him. You cannot have eternal life except you are in him, transformed into his total image and fused together spiritually in agreement with God, 101. Because he told us in Amos 3, 3 that two cannot work together except they are all in agreement. So that's how he said, how do you then you know him? He said, to know God is eternal life and Read us, please. First John. Let's read only one. First John 2, 3 to 5. First John 2, 3 to 5. Yes. Now, by this we know that we know him, mm -hmm. if we keep his commandments. Only if we keep his commandments. We do, otherwise, we don't know God. He, you, know, you know how many people who run around telling, saying everywhere that they know God? As a matter of fact, there are some places you go. Everybody uh, is born again. You know that? We are all born again, born again, born again. And then they cannot keep the commandment. All they do is pray and vigil every day. They shout in the middle of the night. <laughs> Instead of obeying the word of God, they are all oh, their what? Praying and vigil. They don't know that the prayer, I mean obedience, answers everything. Go on, finish it, please. Let's. He who says, I know him mm -hmm. and does not keep his commandments is a liar. He's a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Yeah, but that's what they say, that the test of food is what? In the eating. In the eating. You don't eat the food, you don't drink it, and you, every day, they, you know what they do every day? They, they plead the blood of Christ. Blood of Jesus. As if when you plead it, the devil will run. And I tell them, I say, why pleading the blood instead of drinking the blood? Whoever drinks my blood, and my blood is in him, then the devil will run. You don't even need to, to proclaim or prophesy, right? They say prophesy too. Okay, declare it. You don't need to declare anything. Otherwise, if you declare, declare without him, you will be the seven sons of Savior, right? You know one thing? Devil will declare it in the name of Jesus Christ that Paul has been calling. And the devil will say, uh-uh. So this thing has come to this point, that my own servant is declaring against me. One cannot declare against his own master. Drink the blood. Eat the flesh. Have everything be one in total obedience with him. Then he said, call upon me. Before even you call, I will have answered you. Are we, are we, are we there? So that's what we're talking about, that ultimate price. Now, now that we have come to know what the ultimate price is, I, I hope by now, since we've been talking about it, we know what the ultimate price is, right? The next step, is to then define your objective. And most of us still struggling in that area. The next thing is to decline, say, this is my ultimate objective in what I'm doing. I go to church, there's an objective I have. I go to the market, I have an objective. I go to school, there's an objective I have. And to the extent I do not achieve those, that objective, 
than I have felt. So most of us go, we come to church because we want to socialize and say hi, hi. And waste our time. And then we call that one, say it was what? Double what? Jeopardy. Because how can you labor all in vain? It is laboring in vain. So let's have that very objective. And what is that objective? Can anybody tell me the simple objective that has to do with ultimate price? What should be a first objective? And I'm asking this. What should be, in this situation now, I know the ultimate price. Ultimate price is eternal life. Then what is the objective? How do you run before you, you crawl? The, ob <laughs> the, objective, the objective that I have is, is to enter and what? And to finish. Please, please, just get this in. Start and finish. God bless you. You must enter and you must finish. Otherwise, the objective, you didn't fulfill it. That's what actually, look at Jesus Christ. He said, I have one objective. Read me please, John. 3224. Are we all together here? Enter and finish this work. And Paul was saying the same thing. Give me 1 Corinthians 9, from 24 to 27, please. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Yes. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Yes. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Mm -hmm. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Yes. Therefore, I run thus, mm -hmm. not with uncertainty. Not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body. And, go on. And bring it into subjection. Least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So Paul told us the first step you should take once you have an objective. What's that first step? <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Paul told us, for me to enter, he said what? I mortify my flesh. I must start from that fear of God, that's to depart from any and all evil deeds. Otherwise, my objective is of no use. I mortify my flesh. I discipline my body in such a way that then I could be able to enter to that situation. Enter and stay until the end, according to the rule. But once you define the objective, I'm following now. This is the ultimate prize. In fact, I think the, the Lord taught us this the first time I was in Kenya. Remember? He was just telling them, you go to the market, you run a race. What is this? Because this race is an enduring race. And only those who get to the end shall be saved. It is an enduring race. Read me Hebrews 10, 36. Hebrews 10, 36. Yes. For you have need of endurance. You have need of endurance, yes. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Matthew 10, 22, please. Matthew 10, 22. Yes. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Mm -hmm. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Can we read Revelation 2, 26? And just read a letter of this. Revelations 2, 26. Yes, ma'am. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end. Until the end. Once you define your objective, now let's please let's make sure we all get this in. We know the ultimate price. 
Once you know your ultimate price, the next thing is to define the objective, right? Once you define the, this is a rest. Let's look at the rest. Please follow this rest spiritually with me. Once you define the ultimate, the, the, the objective, what is the next thing? On, God bless, we are looking at your book, right? Fast or Charlie. <laughs> okay, okay. Understand the rules. God bless you. The next thing is to understand the rule. This race I'm running, look at the race. Look at the price. The price is for me to get gold, whatever it is. Now, how do I go? I must, first of all, define my objective. I must go there, and I'm not going there to receive silver. I'm going there to receive what? Gold. That's objective. Then, once you know that, the next step is that, what is the rule? I need to study this rule, right? To know what it's all about. But if you want to study the rule, you should first study what? Yeah, what? If you want to know the rule, we have, we have, we have our lawyer and everybody. If you want to know the rule, then what should you know first? Oh, God bless you. God bless you. Please, please get this in. You want to know the rule of God, you should know the one who, what? Make the rule. That is the only way you can find out the intent of the law. It's the intent of the person who wrote it. It's not the law. The law was written by somebody. So you must, first of all, know the person who made the rule. So you will understand what the rule is all about. So, now how do you discern? Today and today. I'm coming. I said today and today. Said, how do you discern the person who made the rule? How do you follow? Say, okay, let me understand this person who made the rule. How do you, how do you follow it? But reading his word. Okay, how do you study a person? Okay, let's follow it this way. Number one, you discern somebody by number one, studying and knowing the person's character. That's the first thing. This individual who wrote this and I'm dealing with, this is my boss in the office that I'm dealing with. What kind of a person is this person? Okay? And that's why most of us really fall apart and begin to think that God, God is our friend and we're too familiar with with, with whatever he wants us to do. Oh, he will understand. Is everything there? That's, that's where we have problem. So the first character of God you must understand is what? His holiness. Which he tells us that he's holy. You must also be holy. There is no other way that anybody can just enter this rest except he wants to be as God is. Are we all together? Give me First John 3, 3, please. 1 John 3, 3. Yes. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Just as he is purely pure. And that's why his only begotten son was telling us in Matthew 5, 48. So you better be perfect in love and obedience as your father is perfect. And he turns around also in that Matthew 5. He said, blessed are the pure in heart like my father. Those are the ones who shall only see God. Read First Peter, please. 1. 13. First Peter 17. 1. 13 to 17. Yes. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Mm -hmm. Be sober. And rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you mm -hmm. at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, mm -hmm. but as he who called you is holy, yes. you also be holy in all your conduct. In all your conduct, yes. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And if you call on the Father... Who no, let's stop right there. So God bless you. Be holy for I am holy. So the image of God, the character of God, number one, is holiness. Without holiness and righteousness, there is no point. Nobody can ever see this God. Read me Hebrews 12, 14. 
Hebrews 12, 14. Yes. Pursue peace with all people mm-hmm. and holiness without which no one no will one. see the Lord. Let's move because of time. We have identified one. Holy. Holiness. What other character of God are we looking at? That we need to understand if we want to run this race. I'm the only one step by step. That is, God is holy. Yes. But the next character of God is this. Anyone who wants to follow God must get this understanding. That this God, there is no variation. Oh. I haven't gotten into partiality yet. Oh. <laughs> there is absolutely no variation. In other words, he changes not. This God will never change for Emeko's Zurumba. He will never change for America. He's not going to change for anybody. He is God all the time. And the children of Israel learned a big lesson that this God does not change. We see Malachi telling us, Malachi what? 3.6. He says, I'm God. I do not change. And James, let me James 1.17, please. James 1.17. Yes. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above mm-hmm. and comes down from the Father of lights. With whom there is no variation yes. or shadow of turning. There is no variation or shadow of turning whatsoever. So James has given us another clue. This God, the character of God, there is no fellowship with darkness. Are we, are we all together? Yes. Now, we're just trying to find out what this rule is. Let's find the rule giver and the judge. First of all, before we get into... What's the rule? There is no fellowship with that. Let me first John, please. One, five to seven. First John one, five to seven. Yes. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you. Uh-huh. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Mm. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. So that objective, let me, let me follow this. The objective that we have is saying to enter and remain to the end. Let me put this at all costs, whatever it takes. And that's why I told you a long time ago that... As far as God is concerned, the end does not justify the means. The world, as far as the world is concerned, the end justifies the means. Get it however it is, as long as the end of it, yeah, it justifies it. Justifies. But with God, the means justify. Otherwise, we say that the foolish five virgins, they would have entered. If the end was the issue, they went there and knocked, they couldn't enter because, you see, the end didn't justify the means anymore. So the rule of God, the end does not justify the means. Are you following me? Are we, are we going there? The rule of God, the end does not justify the means, but the, rather the means. Not those who say, Lord, Lord, Lord shall enter, but only those who do the will of God. Are we, are we there? And this God, Pastor Alan, they, they, they helped me there. This God... Also, we are told that there is absolutely no partiality. If this God did not favor Moses, right? Read Deuteronomy 3, 22 to 28. Deuteronomy 3, 22 to 28. Yes, this is the man who saw, according to the Bible, the back of what? The Lord. Yes? You must not fear them. For the Lord your God fights for you. Then I pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, Oh Lord. I feel sorry for this guy. I pleaded, Oh Lord. Go on, yes. Oh Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds? I pray, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan. You see, all those sweet talk. Moses forgot that this God is not a human being. Go on, yes? Those pleasant mountains and Lebanon, 
But the Lord was angry with me on your account mm -hmm. and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, enough of that. Speak no more to me of this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift your eyes toward the west, mm -hmm. the north, the south, and the east. Behold it with your eyes, for you shall not cross over this Jordan. Yes. But command no, Joshua. That's okay, that's okay my, my, my sister. You know, behold a kingdom. Is there, but you're not going to enter. No matter whatever you try, I, God, I have just told you, it's not going to work. The character of God. If I go on and on right now, let me tell you, even the overall one is that we need to understand that his omnipresence. Where can you hide that is not going to see you? Let's stop deceiving ourselves. If I deceive myself, I'm wasting my time. Whatever I do at night, if it's different from what I do at day, then I put a curse on myself because God sees it. Are we, are we there? And also because of time, you know the character of a man, you need to know how he is. And there's so much, I'm sure that most of you, you know how this God is. And going to. So this is God that... But when you know the character of the man, if you want to define the law, what next should you know? That's the second thing. That's the second thing. What next should you know about this man? I know... Who he is, I know his character. How he, okay, what else should you know? Huh? His, his heart? His heart. How do you know his heart? How he what? How he oppressed. First forgotten it, but then you see. Look, when we talk about even the, the Supreme Court, when the judges are ruling, president, that's exactly, okay? The habit, the president, this God, how did he handle things in the past? We say he doesn't change. There is no variation. But then how did he deal with people who went contrary to him? Are you following me? I hope everybody knows that forgiveness does not mean a waiver of punishment. Consequence is always there whether we like it or not. Okay? And the way this God is, he showed Moses. Moses pleaded and was so, and the children of Israel said, okay, you don't know what, who I am. Read me Numbers 14, 20 to 24. Numbers 14, 20 to 24. Mm -hmm. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, mm -hmm. but truly as I live, <laughs> All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times mm -hmm. and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not, not see, see the, the land, land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb... Because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, fully. I will bring into the land. He has where followed he went. me fully. Moses, I have heard your prayers and I have pardoned, but as I live, I will show you I'm God and all of them that I'm God. That's how God operates. So his precedent, even without a precedent, if you look at this Jesus Christ, you look at that Matthew what seven. 21 to 23. He said, not those who say, Lord, Lord, Lord. He's telling you right away. This is how this God is. Not because you are saying, Lord, Lord, and you have cast out devil. You have done all this. You have done all that. All the wonders. You will not get you anywhere. Okay? That's why I told them. I said, well, the, the, the conference is the pastor. I said, you want to go ahead and answer uh, bishop or archpope arch or pope or whatever you want to do. It makes no difference. God does not care. The one who sweeps this floor according to the will of God is the one who's going to make heaven. It's not one who calls himself whatever you want to call himself. So Christ told us that. But God also gave us what? His precedent. said, this is the way I operate. And if you want to follow me, you better know that I'm not going to change. Give me 1 Corinthians 10, 1 to 12, please. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 to 12. Yes. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud. All our fathers were under the cloud. Mm -hmm. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. 
all ate the same spiritual food <laughs> and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Yes. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, mm -hmm. for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. Yes. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples, mm -hmm. and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Yes. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest Let's he fall. Say false. Give me Jude 5 to 7. Jude 5 to 7. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Who are those who did not believe? Those who did not what? Obey. That's why we say belief is obedience. Forget about it. Faith is obedience. Everything about God is obedience. Otherwise, you're not following God. Go on, please. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain. And even the angels that we are, let me say, Maybe the angels, would I say that they have their bat right in heaven? Angels, right? And they were drew, they are here. And you think that this God is going to bend and say, yeah, there is a new, a new, a new rule now that I've changed. You know what they tell us in many churches in America? It's almost like, you know, God suddenly changed when Christ came. And then gave each and every one of us license to sin against him. What an abomination. What am I saying in this situation? We have now seen the ultimate price. You see how the link now from divine humility coming through? That's the only way you can be promoted. That God can do it with you is actually through there. And then we see the objective. We have come to the rule. But the rule, we have only defined the intent of the writer. Next week or whatever, or any other time, whatever God wants, we go to the actual rule. And then when we finish the rule, then when you finish the rule, what next would you do? Application? You have to follow the rule. You see, when I finish the rule, I will sit back and count the cost. We'll get, don't worry. By the time we go, we keep going. God will teach us. You see, you count, when you finish a rule, you sit back first of all and count the rule. Say, you know one thing? Am I ready? Should I be able to? Okay? Because of what, are you, are you following what I'm talking about? Heavenly Father, we give you glory. You are God all by yourself. We thank you, Lord, for taking time to teach your children. Oh, my God, my Father, one can read the Bible one million years and will still not understand it. Except your Holy Spirit, the one who inspired the scripture, will teach and open our eyes. Every moment and every time, every week, you will open our eyes that we may know you. Lord, I pray you to pour your spirit and show us your ways that we may truly, truly know you. We give you all the glory for you deserve all. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy and for your grace and for your word. And I pray, Lord, that your word will bear fruit. Holy one who is in heaven in abundance. Lord, Lord, we are very grateful to you. Take all the glory and the honor. Again, Lord, we thank you for what you are doing in Kenya. And we pray that you continue. Go all the way, Lord, 
Arise, ancient of days, and perfect your will according to your own purpose. We honor you with all things, and I pray, Lord, that your spirit will go with your children who are here online unto the end, that your name alone be glorified forever in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.